0: Hello, welcome to the Brood Life Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Hall. So grab a cup of coffee plug in your headphones, and let's have a conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Brood Life, and we are going to continue our Series on the Enneagram, and this is actually going to be our last week in the Enneagram series. So that means that today we are going to be discussing the Type 8 with my good friend Tana. As you will hear us talk about in the episode, we have known each other since we were freshmen in college, which is now 21 years ago that we met, and this was just a great conversation, just digging in. Uh, a little bit past that exterior of what people think an eight is, and how they present themselves, and just understanding them a little bit better. Because I believe that it can happen with any of the types, any of the types. But I think there are certain types that get a bad rap, or that people make a lot of assumptions about without really knowing them or getting to know them, and. The type eight is one of those. So just a brief overview uh, about the type eight. Uh, This type is usually not afraid of conflict and will normally face it head on. They do not like to appear weak or vulnerable, but usually has pain and sadness lying under the surface. They're very loyal and will fight any injustice they feel a connection with. They are highly independent, act first and then think later, and value directness. They prefer for you to be direct with them. Just tell them the truth so you can move on. They just want it just like it is because that's how they would want to communicate with you. And so that's how they want you to communicate with them. They usually don't take things personally and have a hard time understanding or seeing uh, that they may be coming across as abrasive or hurtful. To them, they're just giving you the truth and being direct because that's what they would want They tend to put up a shield to protect themselves and those close to them and have a very difficult time letting people pass that and see their true selves, uh, like their hurts, pains, abuses, for fear of being seen as weak and vulnerable. So they're very much a protector. They're very much putting up a shield and armor so that they are not taken advantage of or don't feel vulnerable. And so, as you'll, again, you'll hear us mention this, if you have an eight in your life and you see them for who they really are, you see uh, behind the armor, uh, underneath the surface, then they really trust you. And that is a special relationship. So do not take that for granted. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation uh, with Tana and learn a little bit more about the Type 8. So stick around and I will talk to you in a few minutes. Hey everybody, thanks for uh, tuning into today's episode. And I am excited to have my good, good friend, Tana with us today talking about the Enneagram Type 8. But before we get started talking about that, uh, Tana, why don't you just take a couple minutes and introduce yourself. Certainly,
1: my name is Tana. Um, I am, like Brandon said, a really, really good friend. We've known each other for uh, pushing, we're over 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think we're at 21. Uh just this fall, so that's really exciting. Uh I am a business executive. I uh, in the, my late 30s. Um a mom, a wife and uh a million other things. So <laughs> here I am, but yeah. I am excited to be here, so thanks for having me on the
0: podcast. Of course. Uh Just to get started, how did you first learn about the Enneagram?
1: I think I first learned about the Enneagram from you um, when you first started talking about it. Uh, Obviously, throughout the years, I've had different personality assessments and, and tests, and I really like those things because I want to know how things work. But I think when you first started talking, I was like, oh, gosh, okay, cool. And then you talked about it some more. I'm like, maybe I should look at this. (laughs) Um, And then one of, I didn't take a test or an assessment until uh, one of my staff members brought it to us as a possible team building. Um, And I expressed that I wanted us to do some personality typing so that we would best know how to work together. And she's like, well, let's, she's like, I really wanted to try um, this tool. Let's see if um, it works. And so we did, and I was in love with it because I think it really gave us such a comprehensive look. Um, It was spot on for me and and kind of helping me to see some things about myself, but at the same time, it was very, very uh, helpful to have others go through the process at the same time.
0: Yeah, so as you were like doing this uh, in a work environment uh, Mm -hmm. and going through assessment, what was it like that you read or the results you got that like helped you to like say like oh this is my type i know this is me
1: um i think you know as an eight uh, we're very decisive one um and so you you can look at something and see right off like this is me this isn't me um but i think i what i saw about it was the motivations i think were really helpful um for me to to peg it like this is this is where I belong. Um, that whole idea of justice, um, the whole idea of you feel it in your gut, um, that you're compelled to do it that way and, and you're stuck with that, um, really helped me to start seeing like this is it. And then also just the way it comes out, um, both how you're perceived, but also but how you perceive it from yourself. Um, all of those things started to help make some sense about who I was, and I think just as this evo- um, evolution of knowing myself as you become a little bit older and wiser, um, I could see some things where I was like, "Yeah, I really settle into that as a leader." But my my reasons for leadership um, are really focused on on other people. It's not for my gain. It's it's to help others out. So those were the I think the primary things that stuck.
0: Yeah, and. So, as you were uh, doing i mean obviously doing this in a work environment, but yep uh, as you've learned more about yourself as an aide and that you're an eight, how do you feel that it has been beneficial to your like your own life and in your relationships
1: oh yeah i I think it this season, really, as I learned more about um, being a type eight and other types, I mean we should also say that I've gone through small group um around the enneagram and uh which was delightful and wonderful and and brandon did lead it so (laughs) Um, (laughs) but i think that uh one of the things that has or yeah one of the most significant things is that it's allowed me to really settle into peace with myself instead of always feeling um like there was something about me i needed to tone down scale back or adjust because it made people uncomfortable once I could really point to what my motivations were um and understand that yeah that is the you know the reason why I hold people to a high standard is because I want the best for them not because I'm being particular or you know something that more of a negative connotation it was like oh then I'm good I'm good like that's it As long as I can look at it and say, okay, I know that the way I see the world, there's nothing wrong with that. There's um, nothing wrong with wanting justice um, and pushing hard to get there. It just has made me a little bit more peaceful about myself. Being self-aware, I also think that it makes me more mindful in dealing with others and whether I know their type or not so that I can pace myself that I could say something. um, I was listening to the podcast on sevens this morning. So I could say something to a seven and it's perceived in an entirely different way than if I say something to another eight. Um, I have a lot of eights in my circle. We were laughing about this uh, and it's because we all get each other and no one's offended. We're just like, yeah, just do better. But I think it's, it's really important to know yourself. Um, And there was, there was a point a couple years ago in my career where I came to the realization that I didn't need people And um, I had a hard time articulating it at the time in a way that other people could understand it. And it was like, not that I don't appreciate and want people but I don't need people for the fulfillment because it's kind of like that idea of working for justice. We often are, are these solo soldiers. Um, and so it's just how I'm made up. It's not, you know, it's not a rejection of someone else. It's just knowing who I am. And um, I think I have better tools to explain it uh, without offending others that I love, like love you, want you here, but in the end to get the job done I, I do rely on myself that I know I will get the, the job done. Um,
0: so yeah, I think that, that yeah. has helped. No, that's that's really good. And I think that that is one of my favorite things about the Enneagram is just that learning how to better communicate with each other, knowing right. uh, that like understanding that everybody communicates with you the same way. But like for me as a nine, like knowing that you're in a, I know I can just be direct with you right. and be honest with you. And you're not going to be offended because that's how you want me to communicate with you. And exactly. it's not, you don't want me to avoid the conflict. You want me to be direct.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think it just, you know, it helps in, um, all aspects of your life. I'm married to a nine and, um, kind of like you're married to a one and that balance comes <laughs> in uh, yep. because one person can kind of move down the road and the other is, is in balance, whichever, you know, whoever's taking the lead. Um, but it helps with, it helps in parenting to know mm-hmm. that, um, and you know, I just think about how is this being perceived by my child? Is it too direct? Is it not direct enough? Um, it also helps in, as a manager and, a, and, a, and I really look at myself as a coach um, for my staff, looking at that, you really want to be able to grow people to their best selves. I mean, that that also has to intrinsically do, do with being an eight is that you want people to be their best. Um, but when I look at it for um, managerial, it really helps me to back up, ask a lot more questions. Do people understand what I'm asking? Does does what I'm asking seem feasible? Um, Because it's easy for me to have this high expectation and then miss the fact that they're not prepared. And the last thing I want for someone to do is fail and and to feel like they're failing me. I think that's been a a interesting um, phenomenon through my life is that there's so many people who will say to me and have said, me well I didn't want to disappoint you I didn't want Mm. to fail you I didn't um and in things that I had no expectations of them so you know places where I had not laid out an expectation but they were like well I just thought I was going to fail you and I'm like yeah but I didn't I I just want you to be your best and and your best is good enough um as long as you tried your best Uh, but I've had several friends um and friendships reach crossroads because someone felt like they were going to fail me and it was it's a preconceived notion about eights i think that it's like you're so exacting you're so um strong you you know you you do things the right way you know how to do everything and then some of it is that we're good at um peacocking (laughs) so Mm, it's not so much that we're good at everything we're just good at putting the things we're good at on display Um, so it's been an interesting thing, but helping to help, or it's helped me to understand who I am as an eight, to help in those relationships, to be able to speak to that place of, I want you to be free to be whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are. And so it helps me to say things a little bit differently, um, because I know I should be aware. So...
0: That's, that's definitely a way in relationships as well. So uh, you kind of mentioned this a, a little bit, but I, I think it's a good uh, segue here. What uh, do you feel is something maybe about yourself or maybe it's about AIDS in general that is like different than what most people perceive AIDS to be? And because like, you know, people perceive AIDS to be as like, we're straightforward. We right. don't, you know, we don't hold back any punches, or right. just tell it like it is. But, and so I think that uh, a lot of people like, well, I know what an eight is, and they're always going to be like that. But like, they're just like all the types, there's more to them than what's in that stereotype. Uh, so what do you feel is something maybe about yourself or about eights that is uh, different than what people perceive an eight to be?
1: Well, there's two things. One came up in a conversation, a group conversation that we collectively had with another mm. friend recently. And, um, and that is that eights are bossy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all my life it's been, um, you're bossy, you wanna be the boss. Um, I actually have a plaque that says, I'm not bossy, I'm the boss. Um, <laughs> just to remind everyone, just in case they were wondering. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that there's that idea that we are always telling others what to do just for the sake of telling others what to do. And that, you know, we come in and we just want to tell you, you know, how to do something. Um, When, from my perspective and my experience, it's not when I ask you, one, I'm typically not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you my opinion of how it should be done. Two, um, which is often right but we you know, let's not share that with the ones, um, but it's really for your good. You know, if I ask you, you know, it's simple, it could be a simple thing like, Hey, can you put um, that box in that space as opposed to, you know, in space, you know, by the door, people think that's being bossy, but really, I think eights have thought about the whole scenario and there's a reason so mm-hmm. if i ask you to put it in spot a versus spot b it's because if spot b is going to be in the walking path but you don't know that because you don't have all the information or it could be that you know in spot b it's going to get wet because some you know that's where the water runs when it runs off of the the rain spout or whatever it is it's usually more there's so much more to the one thing that was said that people don't understand that there's so much thought that's happening into it. We often seem like we're making these snap decisions and snap responses when we are constantly processing um, Mm. scenarios and strategy and like how to get from here to there. Um, And so, yeah, I've had people be offended um, and really, and do think that I'm being bossy. And then once, if they did ask the question, once it's like finally revealed why did you say that, you know, the thing, the thing, thing? Um, then they're like, oh, well, that reasoning makes sense. I didn't, I didn't know that you had considered it that way. Because we're direct, I don't feel like I need to explain all of that to you. I just want to <laughs> get to the end where it's like, hey, could you put that box over there? But you want to know that if we put the box here, we you know, the water is going to run down and it's in the path and then we have to move it again. And I'm not strong enough to pick it up. And that is a waste of my time. So (laughs) just, I mean, I think that's, that's the thing. That's the way we think, like all of that extra talking is wasted time. I could have been fixing something else. Um, And then the other thing that I think uh, people think about AIDS is that we're kind of hardened and unfeeling that Mm -hmm. we're not um, really emotional and that things don't affect us. Uh, I would counter that. We are really emotional Um, and we are actually, Oh, my, Okay, I'm getting some background vocals there from my (laughs) toddler who's waking up. Um, We are really emotional and feel very deeply. One, because we do think about it a lot. We don't necessarily have an internal committee uh, like ones, but we definitely, like I said, are always processing. So when something happens, um, it's there for a little bit. You know, it's, it's running back and forth. If we feel like we hurt someone or... Uh, We're misunderstood or we're hurt by someone. It's really hard to put that thing down. Um, We're always processing, should we have done something different or how, you know, how did we get here? How do we get out of it? Um, There's, there is not a lot of room for us to be able to run away from our emotions um, and Mm. our feelings. We may not express it on the outside, but I, I really, um, Express it when I'm explaining to others. It's kind of like having the tea kettle percolating in the back like it's always kind of running there. Um, It never necessarily doesn't often come to a boiling point, but it's simmering back there and um, It can be hard for us to want to be vulnerable to others and really express what's going on inside. Um, because people don't have a lot of room for the strong one to be the hurt one, you know, Mm -hmm. they they expect you to, you know, um, to be the one to hold it together. I, uh, recently had a family member pass and I was telling my mom, I said, I, I'm tired of being the one that always gets the call first. Um, I am the oldest in my family of the children uh but yeah it's burdensome to be the first one to know all of the bad news and have to share the news with others um and i think some of that is that it's that perceived strength that you're strong and you can handle it um but this has been happening since i was a teenager so i just think that um there's definitely more emotion and we're i mean we're i won't go as far to say mush but just before mush uh on the inside we, we feel a whole lot and um care a whole lot about the people that are in our lives
0: yeah i and i that's been like my experience with AIDS as well as okay. so a, and i think that that is a bad rep that AIDS get a lot of times is that they because you guys do have, uh, you guys have protection and you guys have a guard up most of the time. And so uh, it takes uh, certain people or certain situations to get past that protection and and into that vulnerability to see those true emotions. And so if an eight lets you into that, then like that's something special and that's a special relationship.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we don't trust a lot of people with yeah. our things. Um, I have a lot of friends and I had, during kind of during this process of just self-reflection uh, over the last couple of years, looked at it and said like, how many friends do I call when I'm going through something or mm-hmm. something has happened versus people who call me? Um, and yeah. the same people who call me, do I call them? Um, and the answer is often no, you know? And it's, it's interesting that uh, the flip side of that is what's interesting and can somewhat be hurtful is that you recognize that people never ask you, "Are you okay?" or mm. they just you know assume that your life is great um, and then uh, are, are really confused and don 't know what to do when you finally open up like there 's a crisis or there 's something happening I, a couple years ago um, Sorry, Every,
0: everyone is kind of... Hey, this is what I'm recording during COVID sounds like. So, right, <laughs>
1: it's like, oh, you want to be a laughing with someone on TV this morning? It's like you want to be on TV, and then someone came to the door, and the dog started barking. I have long kids.
0: Hey. Uh,
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, I was gonna say, we had a major crisis in our life, there were several things that happened back to back life-changing you know on the list of things um change of job change of home death of a family member all of these things happened within um about six months to Mm -hmm. my husband and myself and people did not know how to react they just Mm -hmm. did not know what to do with us in that time and it was really um challenging because you didn't want to be angry at them because they didn't know what to do to support you. But at the same time, it was like, guys, whenever anything happens to you, we're there. You know, we're we're holding you up. Um, So it was really interesting to go through. And obviously at that time, I didn't know anything about Instagram or anything like that. But um, now looking back on it, I, I recognize in that time, it's hard for the strong one to be yeah. the one that's knocked down and um i think that's that's the the biggest thing that i wish people balanced you know balance the strength of of an eight with ask them if they're okay <laughs> ask them you know don't assume that nothing ever bad happens in their life ton of stuff happens they just don't burden you with it um but if you would uh, inquire that that mm-hmm. you would find out that there's you know they is a desire really to have someone to share those things with um, which is why you know eights end up with a lot of other eights because then we know it's a safe place um, we're speaking yeah. directly to one another we know they can be trusted um
0: yeah yeah i think it's, yeah. it's, no, that's it's good. A good thing and that that's it uh, just to kind of skip forward a little bit here that that's a good kind of segue to like what uh can someone Uh, who has an eight in their life, whether it's a spouse, an employee, Mm -hmm. a friend, what can they do to love them better?
1: Um, First and foremost, be loyal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's important. Like loyalty, before I even knew this, I knew loyalty was like one of my number one qualities. Um, I need to know that I can count on you when I need to count on you. And um, previous relationships, if you showed even an inkling, of not being there when the time came, your time here was done. <laughs> um, <laughs> just Brandon has seen some of it. Uh and he knows like I am not that is one place I am not to be trifled with. If you are not loyal, you're dead to me. So um, <laughs> and I am I've grown since you know the beginnings of our relationships, but I used to definitely be uh, a lot more cutthroat about it. Like you could be dead to me standing in my face. Uh, <laughs> but I think it, it's the loyalty is it's, if you say you're gonna do it, do it. If you can't say that. I mean, we respect when someone says, you know, I committed, I committed this to you, but something happened and I can't do it. I would much rather you do that than just not show up. Um, yeah. I think it's important to give us the space to be vulnerable you know, not always expect us to be strong, give us that space, you know, ask, ask questions that maybe make you uncomfortable to ask, but will, will um, allow that eight to be, you know, show their true self. Um, and don't, you know, I think it's important not to make everything work. I think what works between my husband and I is that he helps me to relax he helps me to be my best me because I don't have to be on all the time I don't have Mm -hmm. to be fixing our problems I don't have to be um always slaying the dragons like when I'm home I'm Tana I'm you know it's
0: yeah it
1: is a partnership it is I know he is always going to be there I know that his intentions towards me are good but we laugh so much like you know, things that people think that eights don't do, like we cut up, I make jokes all day. Um, we really enjoy life. And I think that, that there's a stigma that we're not into that. Yeah, we love to laugh. Like as much stress as we, and we purposely and willingly take on, we need those outlets. You know, yeah. when you're fighting for everyone else, you wanna know that someone's gonna fight for you, but you also wanna know that you can just like let your hair down and chill And it's cool and it's a safe place to do that so to me it's all about that kind of security creating a space of security um you know finding out what their love language is is, and loving them through that as opposed to what you perceive would be the thing um it's it's really important to um, meet them where they are I mean, once you get in, like you said, once you get in with an eight, you're in until you're out. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, you know, uh, there is, a, uh, there is a, a fraternity with eights, each, each eight has their own fraternity of people that they value. And don't, I guess, you know, don't assume that if there's an infraction, you're now out because we are also very, very gracious it, I mean, it really has to be an egregious thing for yeah. someone to be t- dead to me, but uh, it is, you know, we have grace to be given um, to those who desire it, so.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, that's good. I, What would you say to somebody who maybe are, is just learning that they're a type A or just figuring out what they are? What's some like advice you would give them that you think would be helpful as they're beginning this journey of learning who they are as a Type Eight?
1: Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool group. Um, I think it's really important to um, learn about it specifically in your communication style to kind of take it in. I think for me, it was really, really important to understand better how others communicated because I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we think indirect. Like I said, I think from A to Z. I don't want to stop with the other letters. I just want to get to the solution and keep it moving. But others need more than that. And understanding <laughs> who you're talking to and, and what um, what is meaningful to them so you can meet them at least in the middle. Um, I have uh, a former staff member and colleague who um, we text a lot. And he writes these eloquent texts and he tells me all of the detail and my texts are like two sentences back mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're short sentences and it's, but I acknowledge everything like in my short sentences, I've acknowledged everything that he said. And it's, it's to me, it just shows like that difference of, I'm just to the point like, got you. So let's talk about that. And then I, with him, I get all of his thought process, like the whole beginning to the end, um, and learning how to meet people in their place. Text is not best for us; we're better on a conversation. <laughs> like he and I, because mm-hmm. I, I, I will expound a lot more when I'm talking. Um, but understanding how that plays out for you uh, is really key. The other thing is to give yourself slack. You know, I think one of as I started to um, do the small group and things earlier this year, I it, was, it was when we were first going into kind of early time of pandemic experience. And one of the things that was helpful was understanding what I did when I was stressed um, because I was in the middle of doing that. I mean, obviously everything was stressful and yeah. I couldn't understand why I needed to have all of this information about, Everything. I need to just know everything about COVID every day. I need to just know what was happening in our state and elsewhere Then there were other things that I was like deep diving on. Um, understanding that I go five and go that way was pivotal because I could look at it and say, one, this is okay. But then if I wanted to walk away from it and I was ready to say, I don't wanna do that. Um, and I wanna modify my stress response I was aware of what I was doing to tell me, oh, you're stressed, (laughs) because that was, and I think that's for any type, it's like, you need to understand um, when you're displaying triggers, because I think so many of us are unaware of when our stress signals are flaring, and Mm -hmm. we don't know, you know, that's the first thing to tell you, like, hey, this, you stayed up to two o'clock in the morning reading about things you don't really care about (laughs) in the end, But you couldn't stop yourself. Why is that? <laughs> what What is going on <laughs> that is causing that? Um, and I, you know, I, I we were talking before we started recording just about ways I've modified it for myself. Normally, in a stressful situation, I would go deep dive into information. Well, I've been able to say, okay, let's let's switch that up a little bit because that's not usually causes more anxiety than it's you know yes. clearing. Um, so this time I went deep dive into projects. So I started, I've had some stressful things going on around my space. Um, I started five or six projects this weekend. So I was keeping busy. I was mm-hmm. able to put my hands to work um, and allow my mind to process what was happening. But I didn't create any new anxiety, you know, to add mm-hmm. to the anxiety I was already feeling. I think that's yeah. really, um, for me, a healthy step and, and, a, and a way to kind of balance out what's happening um, so that I could come back to you know face the things that were challenging and and be ready to uh, see those three things to a solution.
0: Yeah and I think that uh, because eights are known for having like the most energy on the Enneagram (laughs) like you always in action so but I think that like instead of going to that five and like having to research all this stuff Mm -hmm. and, and like know everything about everything Like, doing these projects, I think it ends up being, like, a healthy outlet for that energy so that you're not stuck and, like, I want to be doing something and moving forward, but not having that. And so it gives you an outlet to, like, still have that energy without being unhealthy. Yeah.
1: And that's 100% it. I mean, I felt so much. And and, and these were good stresses. These weren't even, like, this wasn't a crisis. Um, But it was feeling stressed, feeling like I needed to process, uh, but I felt that energy, that ball of energy in my chest, like I gotta do something, I can, and I couldn't <laughs> do the thing that I needed to do, You know, I, it wasn't to a solution, so I couldn't do the thing to work out the challenge. Um, and it, you get that satisfaction, I think that the difference between going deep dive five and kind of finding a way, whether it's exercising or doing projects, is that there's at the end, You get satisfaction at the end of a deep dive of information garnering, usually you get anxiety. Um, but if you can get to that end and have the satisfaction of I can look back at the project now and say, Oh, I redid that. Look how beautiful it is. Um, it's it's also helpful for the next time something flares. It it gives you kind of a a boost, um, a nice dopamine boost for your energy exertion. So
0: awesome. Now. Uh, I, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but do you feel like there's anything else uh, about AIDS that we may have missed or that you feel people need to know?
1: Let's talk about AIDS being nice. <laughs> 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 so this is, I didn't hit on this one. I think that people think that AIDS aren't nice because we're, yeah. we're exacting, direct. right? Yeah. We're very direct. Um, but Brandon will tell you, I'm hilarious. we laugh. All the time when we're this is where you speak up, Brandy. Yes,
0: I'm just letting you talk.
1: (laughs) No, I just teasing. But no, (laughs) yeah, but we, I mean, we, we have fun. Um, We are really a champion, and we want a champion for you. You know, we are a bulldog that wants to be in your corner. Um, But we. and maybe nice isn't the right way. We are approachable. We are personable. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we are real softies if we admit it. Um, and we only do that like once or twice a year. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. But I like, I mean, and, you know, like you, we said in the beginning, we've known each other for two decades now. Oh, yeah. So, uh, but like some of my, you know, some of my best memories are our classes together uh, studying youth ministry and that neither one of us do for a living uh but but, i'm close i I might be a little
1: we're both close and related like all the psychology that we took there is really playing off for you um and for me just like the service to people so so we still have a lot of in there but yeah now those classes I can, looking back now, understanding more about Enneagram and just kind of our personalities as a whole, it's really hilarious. Like, no wonder <laughs> it was the shenanigans that yeah. it was. Um, I can think of a number seven that we had in our class. Um, Tyler definitely feels like he's a seven, not to type him, but it feels <laughs> like he's a seven. Um, I can, but you know, oftentimes you would have us busting jokes, and then me being like, "Okay, we need to pay attention." Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it was it was really good times. I think it yes. was definitely a case study for what happens when you put all the different types in a in a same space yeah. and the reactions that you get to them. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, just to uh, kind of finish up one last question because this yes. is the brewed life and I yes. love coffee. What is your drink of choice whenever you go into a coffee shop?
1: Um, depends on the coffee shop. I do not drink coffee. I'm sorry, <laughs> I leave it for you. Um, sometimes i herbal tea, but I, you know, now that we're into fall, I'm usually a, a spiced apple cider for, mm. for our fall months. Yeah, so.
0: You drink it, do you drink it warm? I do okay I do I know yes. that's kind of a point of contention for some people where they drink hot apple cider or cold I mean apple cider, isn't
1: I mean I drink both but if I'm going yeah. into a coffee shop I want
0: warm apple cider yeah, with caramel and whipped cream yes yeah yeah especially this time of year yeah,
1: yeah. like you have you gotta but I'm a big baby so like it um I'm always like warm it to kids temp <laughs> <laughs> Right, so, so
0: you don't burn your mouth. <laughs>
1: right, I, well, and see the thing, that's the thing about like apple cider actually gets hotter faster than yes. coffee. And so yes. you can definitely burn your tongue. Um, yep. So yeah, so that's my, that's my spiced apple cider.
0: Awesome, well, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that's that this will be beneficial to a lot of people.
1: I hope so. Well, thanks for having me. And I look forward to hearing more about the other types. Awesome.
0: Things. Hey everybody thanks again for listening to today's episode on the type eight i hope that you enjoyed that conversation with tana and that you learned a little bit more about the type eight and about yourself if you are a type eight. If you feel that this conversation would be beneficial for someone in your life, maybe you are a type eight and it would help them understand you a little bit better or maybe you know someone who is a type eight and you feel that this will help them understand themselves, then please feel free to share this with with that person and share it with anybody you think would benefit from listening to this conversation Uh, go out to social media find us on there you can find us on instagram and facebook under the brood life and uh, feel free to go out and uh, subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on and rate and review and it just helps us to get out there to more people and uh, help whoever needs it to benefit from these conversations so thanks again for listening and I will see you in a couple of days as we talk about the type 9 which is also my type and we wrap up our series on the Enneagram talk to you later